Defender discussions for November 10, and uh, we, boy, if you could have just heard the off-air conversation about the worst jobs that we have ever held. Uh, I think Ian still Ian's stories are probably the best, though, of that, of no, that time. I don't know about so, that. And he hasn't even unpacked it all yet yeah, he's, for us. Yeah, he's saying it brings up too many bad memories, <laughs> but uh, let, let's get into our Defender discussions for this week. Uh, my name's Mike Biker. I'm joined today by... Matt Boss. And... Ian Eshelman. Ian Eshelman over on the other side of the table. And let's uh, let's dive right in and take a look at what has happened so far in terms of Dort Athletics for the past week. And the highlight, I believe, and uh, you went up there, Matt, was the uh, Great Plains Athletic Conference Championships at Jamestown for the cross-country teams. Happened on Saturday. It was a cold day. We expected that. But uh, what a performance by the Defender women and men. Yeah, uh, a double championship for the Defenders. Um, probably both favorite going in I would uh, say so yeah but it's great to live up to those expectations and uh, and surpass them in some ways um, not only were the team titles but we took home both individual titles as well as Jessica Campman wins the women and then followed by Joe Anderson on the guys side of things talking to uh, coach Wolf yesterday and uh, we'll get that interview up in public as well at some point but he talked about the fact that on the men's side Joe Anderson was a question mark going into the meet perform very well and uh, at the end it's uh, you've got a couple of former Great Plains Athletic Conference champions up there and you've got Joe Anderson and in effect Eric Steiger and Davis Tebbins said okay it's your turn Joe and Joe goes across the finish line first and uh, I guess for uh, Nate made the comment he said I don't know if as a 21 or 22 year old I would have been able to process that and let someone else have that turn in the spotlight but that sign, and that's a sign of the maturity of this team. Yeah, it's a great group. They're really close. They're very competitive with one another. But um, yeah, and talking with uh, Eric and Davis, they said that if Joe can hang with them, and as you said, Joe was not feeling well. There was a big question mark on whether he was going to even run. But if he could hang for the first, you know, five miles, that they would carry him along. And uh, what a great show of sportsmanship and just. Just an outstanding group of guys uh, to let that happen. Getting lost in the shuffle, fourth place, Jeff Summerhays, or not Jeff. Um, his dad, his, Ethan. <laughs> Ethan, yes. sorry, too many names in the Rolodex again. Yep. But uh, Ethan, fourth place finish, and he was right there with those guys as well. Just two seconds behind. Uh, he was right there. And another story, Peter Shippey, who was yep. supposed to run, he traveled, but he, like Joe, was not feeling well all week and just decided not to. So he let Sam May about an hour before Sam found out he was going to run. Lo and behold, 15th all-conference yep. for the freshman. Well, and that's I, I, I try to put this into perspective on the men's side, and last year they ran a perfect score, and that doesn't happen every year, obviously. First time in the Great Plains Athletic Conference that it has happened. Trying to put this in perspective, if Dort's second runners had – been the only five runners we had, uh, six through ten. They still win the conference championship. I believe I've had it figured out by 23 points. That's so unbelievable. The, 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 you, you try to put that in perspective of the depth of this team, and that and that was one of those runners being someone who we intended to be our 11th runner that day. So that just speaks what what we are seeing and what we are witnessing in that sport right now is not commonplace by any means. No, and we left some talented runners at home that didn't get into that top 10 or 11 uh, on the guys' side. So it's a deep squad and looking forward to them at nationals. And that'll happen next week in Tallahassee. On the women's side, um, 
the addition of Christine Hanemichael uh, proved to be, we figured that it would be a big deal having that graduate transfer come in. And it was, as she ran second to Jessica Campman. And that gave Dort just that little bit of breathing room, and they were able to pull off another championship. Yeah, Jess, of course, led us, but then Christine has had such a solid year. She's been number, our strong number two for us. It's been basically 1A, 1B. Um, Lucy Borkowski continues to run really well. And then Molly Mulder, uh, a yeah. freshman that we've talked yeah. about, she continues to improve. She got ninth place, I believe, in an all-conference showing for her and looking forward to watching that group. The thing that I see about her is it, it looks easy. The, the the good runners, it looks easy. It's not. I'm not saying it is, but it gives the appearance that it is. Yeah. Oh, definitely. It looks. I'm looking forward to watching her in track because she's built like a 400, 800 runner. I'm not sure what her events are, but she's a very smooth runner, and I think her best uh, days are still coming. Tallahassee Friday? Friday morning. And that's going to be an early one, it right? It's very early. I was looking at that. I can't remember. It's like 7.30 and 8 or 7.30, 8.30 type thing. Right, yeah. So uh, that will be uh, that'll be early. Things will get decided. Uh invite you to listen to the interview with coach Nate Wolf that we'll have up a little bit later on. Uh, we talk about uh, his outlook on the national meet. And also um, I, I asked him basically, how do you compete? How do you, how do you create this competitive cauldron of all these very competitive people? You bring them together. Not everybody can be in the top five or seven. And how do you pull that off? And it was interesting to hear his answers. Uh, that's uh, cross country. What else has happened in the last week? Uh, earlier this week, Right? It was uh, men's Athlete. soccer. Men's soccer was... Tuesday night? Yes, it was Tuesday night. Tuesday night, played yeah. Concordia, lost one to nothing. I watched I watched probably a third of it. You watched a little bit more than that, simply because we had women's basketball coming up at the same time. But it certainly looked like the men battled, but a little shorthanded, and playing a Concordia team that, even though it was one nothing, probably controlled play a little bit more than that. Yeah, they, they dictated the... the most of the match, I would say Dort had its best sh- couple of chances late in the second half. There was maybe a 10 to 15 minute stretch where I thought Dort had the upper hand, but Concordia was a team that was on a roll. Uh, they were unbeaten for like 10 straight matches and yeah, they, they just got one through in the first half and Dort uh, just came up short, but that doesn't take away from an outstanding year for this men. A great season. And uh, I believe uh, Ryan Gressy should be in the discussion for coach of the year when the conference awards are uh, released. I'm, I don't. He probably won't get it to the victor go the spoils most years, but I do believe the job he did with that group this year certainly warrants him being in that discussion. Tuesday night, uh, women's basketball played Bellevue. Boy, just got out running. Uh, you were there, uh, Ian. You were on the mic for public address. Um, a fast start by the women's basketball team, and that really Bellevue. I didn't feel was ever in it after the first five or six minutes dort made it uh, a quick a quick start they made it pretty quick and uh, you felt pretty good about yourself the rest of the way um defenders are playing fast yeah and uh, they almost overwhelm you with their speed and how fast they push the ball up the floor and that's been very successful in three games now carly surpassed her 1000th point and in fact she's coming in in just a few minutes we're going to have an interview with her about her senior campaign bailey beckman sitting at 979 career points as well and uh the best quote of the night from carly gustafson on tuesday <laughs> evening i said to her on the post game show i said did you know you were at 999 she said i had no idea <laughs> so uh that was uh, refreshing the women 
women's basketball team will play in Orange City this weekend, taking on Trinity Christian on Friday, and they will play in uh, Dickinson State on Saturday. Uh, Trinity Christian, a team that we haven't seen in several years, probably four or five at least. Back then, they were struggling. Uh, they're off to a 3-0 start this year. So we'll see. Dickinson State looked to be off to a pretty good start too. Yeah, that I'm. I can't quite put my finger on them at this point. Yeah, decent start, but they have struggled in recent years, and uh, they're picked sixth in their conference. Okay, so we'll see. Uh, men's basketball has been off since they played Dakota State. They play Viterbo this weekend in IU East, and those two teams are a combined five and zero. So. Uh, Viterbo played last night. That's that's going to be a tough turnaround for them. Playing last night, get on a bus, travel here, I would imagine, this afternoon, this evening. And uh, that's from La Crosse, Wisconsin. So uh, that'll be a tough turnaround for them with just one day of rest in between two games here in northwest Iowa. Don't want to look past Viterbo, but IU East is a strong program. That's going to be a tough matchup. Yep, and we'll have the benefit of them playing Northwestern on Friday, so you get the opportunity to live scout them and see some things in person. Looks like they're scoring a lot of points. Uh, That's what's coming up this weekend. Also this weekend, uh, the only home events this weekend is hockey as uh, Bill Self and the KU Jayhawks are coming to town to (laughs) Uh, Bill, Bill Self isn't making the trip, you don't think, Ian? Uh, probably not. No. I, I don't think this time. I thought uh, I thought certainly he and his Adidas deal would be here and uh, that uh, the KU Jayhawks. But uh, we've got a pair of hockey games coming up uh, Friday night at 7 o'clock, 1 o'clock faceoff on Saturday. And, Ian, have you done anything with uh, looking at KU up to this point? I have looked into it a little bit. Uh, off the top of my head, Kansas is 0-12, uh, coming to face a 7-2 and defenders team. Uh, so a good chance for the defenders to pick up a couple more wins here. Uh, obviously, you got to do it one game at a time. But uh, Kansas has given up uh, over 100 goals this season and scored 13. Uh, so it's, I think the challenge for the defenders is really going to be if they can go out and take care of business um, and play really the way they've played this, this full season. Uh, they these they should be able to handle uh, the Jayhawks pretty handily. And the thing of it is, is you've got this one, these two this weekend, and then next weekend uh, it's Dallas Baptist, and that's a three-game set. And those are, that's a team that we were very competitive with early in the year. And so the temptation would be to sleepwalk through this one and then play three, be looking forward to the Dallas Baptist next week. Right, and yeah, like you mentioned, they, they did play very competitive games with Dallas Baptist. I believe both of those Dallas Baptist games in Texas uh, went to overtime. Um, and so uh, even though the defenders were able to come away with Ws there, you definitely want to be sharp going into those because that, that will be a, a competitive three games, especially I think that's the first time all year. Uh, it definitely is the first time all year that we're going to play three days back to back to back. So depth will be certainly test, uh, really tested, and uh, we will see how that goes. That's next week. This week it's Friday and Saturday versus KU. Women's volleyball regular season, or I should say, the pre national tournament or championship season ended. Uh, they went to Jamestown on Saturday night playing. The Jimmies, and not many people are beating the Jimmies up in Jamestown right now. They were 3 nothing winners last night as well over uh, Dakota Wesleyan, and they also defeated Dort 3-0 on Saturday night. Uh, the defenders in stretches able to score some points, made it competitive, but it was, it was five or six points, just a, a short stretch. 
and it typically happened right around the 15-point mark where it went from a 15-14 match up or set up to a 19-14, and then it's just no time. It seems like uh, I think Jamestown has a legitimate shot of being a Final Four team at the National Championship with the right things happening, and uh, I think Concordia is in that group as well. And uh, Midland, if they were healthy, I'd put them right there as well, but they're a little bit thinner. But my goodness, uh, this uh, conference championship, uh, we, we thought it was going to be a challenge. And uh, speaking in broad terms, it has proven to be a very challenging conference tournament for women's volleyball. Um, those teams that you just mentioned, those were the final six or seven matches for, for, right. Dort, for Dort this season. It was just a gauntlet to end the year. Um, and like you said, Dort is right there every time. It's just a couple of points, a four or five point swing, and Dort's been unable to do that to the, the more competitive teams in the league. I've had several people ask me, what's the status of the women's volleyball team moving forward? They're practicing this week. They are wait. It's it's wait and see. It truly is. Um, with the new system, in terms of the regional rating and the selection committee, I did some looking at last year how things broke out in terms of where teams were rated and which ones made it in and which ones didn't. Last year, Doan was very much in our same situation. They were the eighth team in the conference. They were receiving votes in the national poll. They were right around the 30-31 mark, and if you you extrapolated it out that far, and they did not make it in. They were one of the last, they were one of the first teams out along with, I think it was Taylor last year, similar situation. It depends on the automatic qualifiers. It depends on what uh, tickles the fancy of the selection committee. We will know much more on Monday morning at 10 o'clock when the selection show. And I'm not trying to be coy here. I have no idea. Uh, Previous years, I'd have a pretty good feel for it. We're so much into this new system of 48 teams. Uh, I don't know. So we'll see. Yeah. I don't know either. (laughs) I I think we're in, but I, I... I don't know. I think you flip a coin right yeah. now. Um, that's that's just where I'm at. And I've been that. I've been there for about the last ten days, just simply because I thought I, I kind of saw the way things were headed and Hastings finishing in front of us in the conference. So they're now the seventh team or the eighth team. I don't know. We'll see. Um, I think. Well, we've got football. Um, you didn't see it, Matt and uh, Ian. You were not. There, I was, not. I was the only one there. You were. I did were rewatch it though, Mike. It was probably the best performance of the football team. I thought, start to finish, offense, defense, everything. I thought it was their best game of the season so far. And the stats would back you up: 551 yards of offense, 126 for a very good Hastings team, especially their passing attack. Yeah, and the they limited Hastings, uh, got pressure on the quarterback. It was a great way to send the seniors out on senior day as well, and it was uh, it was so fun to watch some of the uh, seniors finish their home careers. Anthony Trojan, over 100 yards rushing. He ran inspired. Um, Alex Heisman, I thought, was outstanding on uh, the left tackle. Um, I don't know if we'll get him to be a three-time All-American or not. The injury is a little bit of a hiccup in there. You didn't have quite as many games, but... uh, they, they were good. They were really good against Hastings, and I'm hoping that that team 
is able to perform similarly this weekend at Midland. And I think that'd be a great way to finish out the year. And defensively, they're really getting after the passers. Yeah. Seven quarterback sacks, and it's all coming from different people as well. Yeah, and the depth that uh, defensive line has really helped as well. They've got uh, like Jordan Gall and Cooper Hidalgo, who are not in that first rotation, are providing pressure. And uh, that is how we're helping our defensive backs they aren't quite as exposed. You get a little pressure on the quarterback. They're, your defensive backs aren't quite as exposed, and that's been a really good thing for this team. And uh, I, Our receivers are making plays. I had Eli Bolden in here as well for a senior interview, and something has clicked in the last few weeks, and it's been fun to watch for this team. So uh, at Midland on Saturday, Midland a team that's been kind of up and down, but they've managed to go through with just two losses, and they're, they're, they're hoping a convincing win would be enough to say, hey, we deserve an at-large spot in the postseason playoffs. And they're still in the hunt for that. It'd be a kind of a long shot, but that's what they're playing for. Yep. And they're coming off a tough loss on the road against Northwestern last weekend. And a former Dort football player is the offensive coordinator at Midland as well. Ben Dixon uh, played a little football here with uh, John Heavner. Spent some time here as a graduate assistant as well with uh, Joel Penner. He's now the offensive coordinator at Midland, so it's always good to see some familiar faces when you go on the road and we'll be able to say hello to Ben. Uh, That's what's happened in terms of action for the last week, and we have one other note, the ASB Sports Complex, the uh, practice facility and playing facility that uh, will be indoors, that dome structure will be inflated, we hope, next week. You've been in some of the... You've been following it closely, I'm sure, Ian, because baseball team has a very vested interest in this. But uh, we're hoping, it was on Monday that we were hoping to do it. Weather not cooperating quite enough. Fancy that. The rain we've gotten this year has come in the last couple of days. So this part of the construction slowing down. But I believe they're hoping to do it middle of next week, Ian. Yeah, I I think that's right. Um, And I know that they're... uh going to have some of the teams, especially teams that are going to be using that facility, helping out with it. So I, from a coaching perspective, perspective, I think it's kind of cool that, uh, you know, we get to help our guys get to help with putting that up before, uh, we get to use it a bunch. So the Teflon or the plastic structure that comes over has to be unfolded from what I understand and zipped together. And if you drive by now, you see these huge bundles that look like small cars. That's what that is right now. So those have to be spread out, zipped together. Then we start to inflate. So uh, I'm hoping, we're hoping that it can happen next week and we catch a little break and not a lot of wind coming up for that to happen. I think that is everything. Did I miss anything? I think we're good, Mike. And uh, by the time we talk next week, we will be, uh, well, we'll know how football finished up. Um, You'll be back from the wedding, Ian. Chase getting married this weekend. Coach Edwards, yes. Chase Edwards getting married this weekend. So uh, congratulations to him and his bride-to-be. And we will uh, catch up with you next week on Defender Discussions.